Live from the WSX Vacation Shelter in Portland, Maine. And live from the WSX Shelter in Somerville, Massachusetts. Sound the alarm, duck and cover, it's time for the WrestleBoy Social Explosion! It's WrestleBoy Social Explosion, the retrospective rewatch mini-podcast where we take a look back at the ill-fated MTV show Wrestling Society X. I am the man that brevity for God, Gabriel Clark, joined by me as always, the one, the only, simply Zalp, Zach Blaze. Zach? Through sickness and through health, we are here witnessing the holy matrimony of WSX and us. My sanity, mostly. I just... I... I, I don't... I'm... I'm a blank slate. I am a shell of my former self. I'm sitting here today. Usually I have a beer while I'm recording. I'm sitting here with a glass of Crown Royale Vanilla, which is maybe a spoiler that the episode is neither very good nor very bad, actually. I mean, I hope our episode is very good, but... For lack, for, for lack of formality, the show is, in fact, why we drink. <laughs> <sighs> so you know the drill... Look out, here it comes, it's episode 7. Getting right into it here, our musical guest is Quiet Drive, a Christian pop-punk band. Well, uh, that should cheer you up. Mm, they should help you see the light. Uh, not quite. Not quite. Because we, before we even, like, the show has just thrown every every single formality that a wrestling show should have out the window because we begin in medias res for this episode of WSX as a WS extra match between Youth Suicide and Scorpion Sky gets thrown out with interference from Ricky Banderas. Now, Zach, we have to, now, we have to address the elephant in the room here. It sounds like a gag. It sounds like I keep saying, yep, that's it for Youth Suicide, and then he comes back. I Every time, I honestly think that he's dead and he's not coming back, and he's come back again. Why can't he just, like... He's like... If you've played Resident Evil 7, you'll know the name Jack Evans... He's he can't. He's my favorite wrestler. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> he can't die no matter how many times you try to kill him. Youth suicide in a, a, a less than poetic fashion as being thrown around once again by Ricky Banderas. They go out to the stage where Quiet Drive was performing. Ricky Banderas kills him again by power bombing a groupie for Quiet Drive through a table after taking care of youth suicide. You know. I think this is just like in in a, a, a microcosm. If I wanted to give one minute of of the spirit and the essence of Wrestling Society X, I would show them this moment. Because <laughs> you don't you don't know what's happening at the beginning. You don't know what's happening at the end. And then the musical guest comes in and gives nothing, just nothing. Because when Quiet Drive goes up to the commentary booth. Chris Kloss is like, hey, man, you just had your groupie fucking die. Yes. Are you okay? They, like, are you... They have, to, they have to prompt them to be concerned yeah. about this guy. And they're, like, they're like, oh, no, he, he'll be okay. He's good. He's, he's fine. He's fine. He's, he's been through worse. Not even remotely traumatized or, or internalizing the fact that they just watched somebody get powerbombed through a table. Hello, it's me, the ghost of podcast omissions past. Uh, we forgot to mention here that there is a promo announcing that at the end of episode 8, there will be a championship match between Ricky Banderas and Vampiro. Uh, you only get about... Well, we got 40 minutes of notice. Um, I guess you'd get a week of build-up if you were watching this live, but... Stay on the edge of that seat, because it's not going to be long before you get that title match. But it doesn't matter now, because you shut the fuck up when Fabian Kalen takes his ass to Vegas. Welcome to Wrestling Society X! Tonight we've got high-flying, death-defying aerial assault! So let's light the fuse and let her blow! And by that I mean, holy shit, his outfit in this episode. And Zach, you had made a, uh, a technical note at this point. Um, they, they've started to sully the purity of Fabian Kalen by dubbing him over? Yeah, so when I when I first listened, I thought that he was trying, like, this different cadence. It was a little quieter, a little more gravelly. 
And in reality, I think what must have happened is he just lost his voice so much at this point, because they've recorded so many, that they had to dub him over in post, Ugh. which doesn't have the same intensity as he does live. Yeah. I and he has an intensity live. I guess so. Yeah, it's it's just, it's just a shame that, you know, it's for, for such a grueling and intensive shooting schedule, like a show for MTV must have, it just kind of sucks that this is kind of the point where we're at, we're seven episodes in, and... Even Fabian Kalen is starting to lose his charm, but we don't have a whole lot of time to focus on that because we're getting into our first match. It's the tag team match between the cartel and a vengeful Eric Cannon with a mystery guest. Who is that mystery guest? Well, first Delicato comes out. He's wrestling with Lil Cholo again. His mystery partner is none other than our first proper Haas on WSX. It's Vicious Vic Grimes. Real good fat fuck. Vic Grimes. He's very entertaining. He's yeah. He's he's actually really good. Uh, just as background, because we haven't seen Vic Grimes yet, and I don't know if we'll see him again. He had kind of a cup of coffee in the '90s with WWF. Jim Cornette brought him in. They scheduled a tryout match for him, and he was hired pretty much immediately. He feuded with the Godfather for a while, kind of as a drug dealer gimmick. Godfather ended up getting injured, and they had nothing for Grimes. So Grimes left. He became a big ECW star. Famously, he fell off a scaffold uh, with New Jack by accident during a scaffold match, which caused New Jack some brain damage and blinded him for a few months. Now, there's there's speculation that that was like a shoot, right? Well, so that part is accepted as being an accident. Okay. What happened later is New Jack, at least allegedly, in another match in another promotion, purposefully misaimed throwing Grimes from a balcony onto some tables. Absolutely missed the tables, he claims on purpose saying that he was trying to throw him onto the ring post on his head and kill him as uh, as revenge. Holy shit. Yeah, New Jack. Um, in reality, this may or may not have been the case. People have said Grimes actually threw himself off, you know, as part of a work and just kind of missed. Sure, but... sure, sure. But yeah, so that's who Vic Grimes is. He's He is actually a big name. Uh, so ding, 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 this match gets underway. Vic Grimes making a name for himself, clearing out the ring, quiet... Holy shit, Quiet Drive. Right from the get-go, I just... I, I, I can't believe that they would say this. Three inches. Oh, no. Oh, no, not again. Unpleasant. Oh, man, a face full of ass. That's gotta <laughs> suck. That is, that is a large that is ass. delicious. No. I can't believe I have to king shame a band on Wrestling Society X. <laughs> Zach, what happens next? Grimes does kind of this big guy offense, but then just gets crazier and crazier. First thing he does is he throws one of the cartel into the corner and hits, like, the Umaga Samoan Wrecking Ball, like the the ass blast to the corner. Yeah. Post-production is kind enough to add camera shakes to let us know how fat Vic Grimes is. Yeah, they were like they were like one, like, trombone medley away. Right, right. So he hits somebody. I forget, honestly, whether it was uh, Cholo or Delicado. I think it was Cholo. Cholo rolls out of the corner. Vic Grimes tries to hit a corkscrew senton from the top rope. Imagine, like, this is, he's bigger than Mark Henry. He's almost, he's close to, um, like, Big Daddy V, if you remember Viscera on WWE CW. Yeah. He does a corkscrew senton from the top rope that would have killed him if he had hit it. Uh, He misses and gets back up. Quiet Drive kind of steps in with another one. You guys have any groupies that look like Vic Grimes? (laughs) Yes, we do. Most of them, actually. <laughs> the little Grimes gets thrown out of the ring. Uh, Cholo goes for, like, a suicide drop kick through the second ropes. And then hits a slingshot Rana to the outside, which looks great. Takes out Grimes. The cartel take control of him on the outside. Boo. You know, beat him down and roll him back in. Boo. Those are the bad guys. You, you boo them. Yeah. Thanks, post-production, for reminding us. <laughs> Once Grimes is back in the ring, Cholo hits a standing splash. Goes for the pinfall. Grimes does, like, that Mark Henry Big Show power kick out where he throws him across the ring. Yeah. It's worth a two count. Grimes hits the victimizer, which is a neat move, and I was struggling trying to describe it. You know, like the razor's edge? Yeah. It's that inverted, so he's got the guy up holding him by his shoulders, and he's facing forward, and, like, throws him forward into almost like a front suplex, I guess? It's 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 a really neat-looking thing. It looks scary, to be honest. It does, yeah. Like, if you screw that up, you're gonna drop somebody right on their head. That is only worth two because Delicado comes in, breaks it up. Grimes tags out to Cannon, who, as our resident anarchist, 
gets his shit pushed in immediately. Just absolutely murdered. Yeah, it's a good thing he had Grimes, because that's all his team has going for Maybe it. Maybe by the anarchists, they mean, like, the people put anarchy on him. Like, he's the, he's the one who has anarchy internalized into his body by getting turned inside out. I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, but it's at this point that we have yet another mystery wrestler appear. This time, a woman. Appearing, a grill. A grill appearing to ally with uh, Eric Cannon and begins help fighting back. We have Wait this from commentary. In the ring. Who the hell is this? Is that Spider-Woman? Cat-Woman? Joel, no, Joel hesitating, obviously afraid to hit this person because she's a girl. Instead, he gets suplexed. Right she's a girl. <laughs> uh, she takes Cholo out of the ring. And I like this spot actually a lot. It takes three members of the cartel to dogpile <laughs> yes. and cover Vic Grimes for the win. One, two, three. That's both counting the pinfall and counting the number of people on top of Vic Grimes. That's... As your winners are the cartel. The cartel also hit Vic Grimes with the fish. Yep. So to summarize at this point, uh, just to give you the fish tally, the largest fish was Eric Cannon with the red snapper. Uh, the smallest fish at this point is Vic Grimes with a tiny black fish. Zach also uh, night lighting for ESPN2 on the 3 a.m. fishing shows. Uh, you can check him out there. Um, yep. Quiet drive. Would you eat the fish? Vic Grimes looking at it. Is he going to take a bite out of that fish? I would eat it. Quiet drive would eat the fish. I have to duply kink shame a band within one match on Wrestling Society X. This show is why I drink. Well, so if you're gonna if you're gonna shame Quiet Drive, you also have to shame Grimes because he does take a bite out of the fish. Oh come on, dude! And it's on camera very clearly. Nom, like, nom. yeah, have some respect for yourself. We're gonna leave uh, this behind. Uh, we go to a promo with Matt Seidel and Lizzie. Post production for this promo, they've added this like weird pink aura around Lizzie, <laughs> um, who I guess is protected by the arcane arts from this pink death. Uh, she's reading a fan letter. Um, Matt Seidel comes in. Lizzie's really quick to hide it. They change the subject to how popular they are, getting all these letters and getting all these tabloid covers covering his win over Scorpio Sky. All those wrestling tabloids those... that definitely exist. Dave Meltzer calls the Scorpio Sky Matt Seidel match a one of a kind. Seidel talks a little bit about how he's gonna match with Human Tornado and he's got his plan, uh, which he lays out here. Oh yeah, we're already on a roll. Let's show that poser pimp wannabe what a real slap feels like. Oh, and he goes off. He he goes off to get ready for the match. Uh, Lizzie pulls the letter back out. Very interesting little uh little plot detail there. Uh, maybe that wandering eyes stuff finally has some testament to it. I'm so glad. Thank God, right? Finally, an engaging women's storyline in wrestling. <laughs> uh, we get right into the match. Matt Seidel versus Human Tornado. Uh, Fabian's hat looks amazing. He's still spinning. Shine on, you crazy motherfucking diamond. This human Tornado comes out. He's got his tornado hose in the audience. Because remember, Human Tornado is a pimp with balls of steel. Yes. Tornado tries to get the moves on Lizzie, uh, who uses some dick-based offense. Uh, carried away by the ref, ding, ding, ding. The match begins. Tornado sends Seidel to run the ropes. He dodges an attack and does like a split and drop kicks Seidel. Tornado runs the ropes perpendicularly to Seidel. And he hits the pounce. One of my favorite moves. Perpendicular crossbody knocks Seidel out of the ring. Tornado goes for his beautiful Tope con Hilo, takes out a bunch of plants at ringside. Yeah, it's... Uh, this move looks so good every time he does it, and they it never does. get a proper fucking angle on it. Yeah, and it's too bad, because it's so good. He would have gotten Seidel, but Lizzie pulled him away at the last second. Seidel throws Tornado back in, gets him in the corner... Uh, spits into both hands and just kind of rubs on Tornado's face with them. I can't believe I have to kink shame not only the wrestlers, <laughs> but the band in this episode of Wrestling Society X. Just a lot of kink in 2006 MTV. We get more dancing then from the prom king and the prom queen. That's what they are branded as now. Matt Seidel and Lizzie are the prom king and queen of Wrestling Society X, which is weird because now there are two high school-based gimmicks. So you have Scorpio Sky with your high school superlatives, and now you have the prom king and queen of Wrestling Society X. It's like, who has the high school gimmick here? Make up your mind. Seidel throws Tornado in. Seidel goes for the cover. Tornado kicks out at two. 
Tornado starts fighting back, gets Saw down to the corner, tells the ref to look over there and kicks him in the ding-dong. That's dick-based offense number two for this match. Seidel recovers, goes for a standing moonsault. That's a kick out at two. Lizzie is, uh, I hate to say it, Lizzie is bitching at the ref's uh, count. Commentary's words, not ours. I'm going to drop the clip in so that I don't sound awful. One, two, that's it, no! Hey everybody, um, this next segment is not a fun one, it's actually one of the low points of the show, this is going to get into some uh, domestic abuse type situation, uh, violence against women is never fun to watch or depict, so we're sorry, this is a thing that happens on the show, we're just going to get through it as quickly as possible, thanks for sticking with us. Yep, uh, if you don't want to listen, jump to 1740 and we'll see you there. Um, so Lizzie comes back, uh, she tries to low blow human tornado, but oh, the balls of steel. They need to really solidify this, what is and isn't part of human tornado's gimmick. Um, human tornado does the unfucking thinkable and starts choking Lizzie. Oh god. Lizzie. And it's, and it's not like a wrestling choke, it's like a, like an actual Like an acting, violent like, like TV, lifetime made for TV movie type choke. The note falls out, which is what this was supposed to do. But this is, I mean, Zach made a note here. There's really a good reason why we don't have intergender matches on TV. And it's shit like this that's why. Yeah, like, like I actually, I, I am a fan of intergender matches in general. Like, I think that women are just as good at wrestling as men. And I think it's phenomenal to see, you know, a match where we don't have to worry about gender. But nobody can get it correct. And this is... This is why I don't want to see it on TV is because you have stuff like this where it's like not a wrestling match but a violent maneuver that is portrayed as being real and it's disgusting. It's like I mean like I imagine mean, imagine on WWE there's a difference between like um let's say Charlotte Flair versus uh Daniel Bryan and they have like a good technical match and they shake hands. This is like Rusev and Nia Jax and Rusev just fucking chokes her out and it's disgusting. It's really, really bad. Um, yeah, we're we're. It genuinely bums me out that we have to talk about that. Two thousand six yeah. MTV um, really fucked up here. Like more um, than that, because that's usually like, look at this goofy thing that some asshole did. But this is like actually really gross, and I don't. I wish I could not have watched it. Hey, this is the end of the content warning. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. We will get back to the show. But in any case, this stuff distracts Tornado long enough for Seidel to land a pump handle driver, but doesn't go for the pin. Mm -hmm. Instead, he's like, Lizzie, are you okay? And then is like, what is this note? What are you doing here? Yeah, so Seidel is consoling Lizzie, then starts confronting her about the note. Seidel tries the mule kick to the balls to Tornado for the third time this match. Not only has he not studied his tapes, but he seems to have forgotten the past 30 seconds. Yes, Seidel's uh, short-term memory loss really kicking in here. Tornado hits his finisher. That ninja's dead. It's an exploder cutter. Uh, exploder suplex rolled into a cutter, RKO, ace crusher, whatever you want to call it. One, two, three, your winner by pinfall. Gross person, the human tornado. And then there's going to be there's some drama. We'll cover more of this later uh, between Nat Seidel, Lizzie, and The Note. But first, we have to catch up with Team Dragon Gate. We get a brief recap of their kidnapping. They're being brainwashed. I made a note of probably not Yakuza. So that's good. We get some Ludovico treatment type deal. Maybe it's like maybe it's like a secret laboratory or something, and they just only had $3.5 million to make a show. So we'll... I believe we're going to see more of them later, or I think it's a WS Extra match. They do come back at some point. Another promo with Lizzie and Matt Seidel. They're fighting again within the safety zone from the pink death. Lizzie insists that she doesn't care about it and rips it up. Lizzie tries to go in for a smooch, thinking that everything is okay, but Matt is has just had enough. He sidesteps at the last possible moment, which is really kind of fucking awkward to watch. It is. Has to step around the cameraman to get by because um, the, the hallway is so narrow. Seidel's walking away. We have Lizzie in the distance. Six-Pack approaches Lizzie and... Um, Refers to Matt Seidel as a homophobic slur, which is censored out. Yeah. Ew. That's... Uh, 
really that's that's another strike against this episode um, yeah 2006 mtv obviously a different time uh can be kind of difficult to stomach yeah we are not off to a good start we are getting away from that it is the main event a matchup between the filth and the fury and the los pachos guapos mm-hmm. i said the los pachos guapos how white do i fucking get um <laughs> I'd like to point out that uh, in the preview clip for this match, there's <laughs> there's a moonsault spot from Teddy Hart. Can you fucking believe it? I mean, I, I feel like there's like a 30 or 40% chance of any clip from this match having a moonsault. It's a Teddy Hart match. So I can't hold it against them. Remember, the stipulation for this match is if Los Pochos Guapos loses, then Chaos has the right to break up the team. And I hope you remember that because I don't believe commentary is going to remind you. So... Interestingly enough, Los Pachos Guapos comes out with a disco ball, which they give to uh, a what commentary? What did you call it? Guapos! And what is this? They got that 70s team's disco ball. And they just gave it to one of the fans, one of those Mama Seacuts. Right, got it, gotcha. Great. Filth and the Fury come out, Quiet Drive making a comment on Teddy Hart's fashion. Matt Cross in the black and blue, and of course, Teddy Hart in the pink. I actually have those pants at home. Both of them, I guess, trying out for an MC Hammer video. All right. Chris Kloss tries to tell them who Teddy Hart is to try to give them context, but gets cool story borrowed by Brett right here, which is kind of funny. pants at home. Well, well, Drew Matt, the man in the pink pants, that is Teddy Hart, the nephew of Brett and Owen Hart. Hey, that's a great story, Chris. Why don't you call the match a start? Yeah, it is a great story. A little wrestling knowledge wouldn't hurt Ernst. Wow. Something to note, yeah, Brett kind of tells Chris, like, why don't you use some of your, your wrestling expertise? And then Chris calls a few moves, including, like, a Fujiwara armbar correctly, which is pretty good. We'll get to it later, but I, I do like this dynamic that the two of them suddenly have developed. It's like they're they're steadily getting more and more frustrated with the show being bad, so yeah. they are taking it out on each other. Why are my dad's fighting, Zach? It's because they have to watch WSX. <laughs> It's like you're my guidance counselor in this situation. Why didn't we yeah. this fight? Aguilera has control. Another comment from the booth. We have that? this. And look at the size, Matt Drew. I mean, that is Aaron Aguilera in the ring, an accomplished star all over the world. It's like a leprechaun meets a lumberjack. And so it is. Aguilera makes his way to the end of the rainbow to the corner where he applies a big boot choke to Teddy Hart. Teddy Hart grapevines the leg and kind of rolls into a leg bar quickly to escape, which is uh, a cool sequence. Not enough to stop Aguilera, who sends Teddy Hart out of the ring. Teddy Hart tags uh, Matt Cross from the outside, which apparently is legal, which makes me think the WSX must have some like weird, inconsistent lucha rules for, for tagging. Or it may just be the filth and the fury, because last time we saw this, Teddy Hart just kind of jumped into the ring after Cross was thrown out. I'm of the ilk that uh, the refs are bad and or don't have eyes. Oh, that's the third theory. The the, the ever-coveted third theory. Yes. Uh, Chaos takes a bump and starts kind of crying to Aguilera. He is able to kind of roll it back. M-Dog 20 is thrown into the corner. Chaos tries to pull him out, but pulls him into like that backflip thing. Matt Cross jumps up to the top rope, hits Chaos with a double stomp into his back, which looks like it hurts. Uh, we get a failed cover attempt. Chaos tries for a mid-air cutter RKO. They do call it an ace crusher at this point. Um, in 2006, Orton is a pretty big name in WWE, so it's kind of a funny snub to call it the ace crusher, referencing Johnny Ace or John Laurinaitis, instead of even just a cutter. Chaos is whipped into the ropes, hangs on, and Gabriel, he does... The third time he does... I, I can't believe that <laughs> we're still fucking doing this stupid, <laughs> stupid fucking spot. He, p- he, he points, points to his, to his temple. temple. I'm so smart. Tap, and tap, it tap. doesn't work. I can't fucking believe it. We are three for three that it does, it's not so smart. Ah! Do these he, people he, not learn? Another, is... another failed cover. Chaos goes for the tag. But Lord help Aguilera, he's back on his bullshit with them mamacitas. Talking to Disco Ball Woman. Even Quiet Drive at this point, commenting on um, this team's shortcomings, despite their own shortcomings with this. His ass kicked in the ring. It's a damn shame a team with this much potential going down like this. Somebody's got to get these guys on the same page. Aguilera, more concerned with the girls. They're arguing again outside of the ring. It's not looking great for them. What happens at this point? Because I had no idea what to call this. Well, neither just commentary. They call it Matt Cross performing a cartwheel corkscrew tumbleweed. 
um, which is not a, a wrestling move. I did check to make sure that wasn't a name. It is a cartwheel Topicon Hilo. He does a cartwheel in the ring, jumps over the top rope, clears it, does a front flip. Takes out both of Los Pochos. Aguilera doesn't seem two-phased. He goes and talks to another Mamacita. Teddy Hart hits a suicide dive, lands both of his legs on top of the railing. Like, straight-up leg drops the railing. Something that could really destroy your legs, so I'm glad that didn't happen. Aguilera kind of brings Teddy Hart over to the set and suplexes him into the wall. Uh, He's very careful not to just kind of drop him on his head like... uh, you know, Kurt Angle doing the belly-to-belly suplex to Shane McMahon in uh, King of the Ring. Yeah. Um, he, do- he doesn't do it's, that. It's okay, because Shane McMahon has a cement skull. He also only has to wrestle, like, once every two years, so it can grow back, I guess. Uh, we're reminded once again that falls count anywhere. Aguilera tries to kind of lawn dart Teddy Hart into the wall again, uh, reverses it, and then Teddy Hart goes up to the commentary booth where we get this gem. Right into that concrete pillar. No, he's oh, coming no. up here. Teddy Hart's right, coming. Guys. Teddy, okay. what are you doing? I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. I didn't sign up for this. Security. I didn't sign up for that. I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> Lord help, Lord help, Teddy Hart. He's back on his bullshit. <laughs> it's a moonsault from the commentary booth down below. Commentary has yeah, this to say. Aguilera. Teddy, what are you doing? Oh, oh my god! Oh, well put. Teddy Hart looks nasty trying to land this. Uh, yeah. He's okay. He, um, yeah, yeah, he's fine. Like, he comes back in a sec. But yeah, he's like, he's chatting with somebody down there. It doesn't look good. I've just received notification uh, that that was the one millionth moonsault that Teddy Hart hey. had to do in order to win a free iPod Nano. Congratulations, That's awesome. buddy. We'll have to uh, send this podcast to him so he knows. The G-Y-S-I currency, the get your shit in currency, is something that you do, obviously, by getting your shit in. And once you hit a certain amount of times that you're able to get your shit in, uh, you get to trade it in for prizes. So congratulations to him. The Uh, ironic thing is most of those prizes are just corkscrews. (laughs) Uh, Back in the ring, Chaos manages to dodge a frog splash from Matt Cross, finds the disco ball, tosses it to Cross, and then big boots it. Quiet drive, reacting to that. Chaos with the disco ball. Undefeated streak of the filth of the fury could be coming to an end, and it's done. Oh no! Los Pochos. Chaos goes for your cover. Your winners by pinfall: one, two, three. Chaos and Aguilera, Los Pochos, Guapos. Yeah, and the episode ends with not really much of an outro. Uh, Los Pochos are celebrating in the ring. I gotta say, Zalp, I've had my expectations superseded time and time again. This was a really tame episode this is a bummer because like from the beginning there's there's been this crazy cascade of like each episode is getting crazier and crazier and this is the first one i think where it's it's uh it's a show i don't know there's there's nothing crazy that it's, happens it starts to feel repetitive um they really amplify the gross shit which really did not help again we are really sorry that we had to cover that so hopefully I just took a look at our notes for episode 8, and I think we're going to end this on a better note. So we'll take a yes. quick break, come back in just a sec with more WrestleBoy Social Explosion and episode 8 of WSX. Hey, this is your friend Zalp coming to you from the recording bay. Uh, we don't have anything to plug this week, so just want to remind you that you can follow us on Facebook if you aren't already. We're at facebook.com slash WrestleBoySocialX. You can also contact us by email at WrestleBoySocialX at gmail.com. That's all we have. Let's get back to the show. And we are back. Let's get right into it with episode 8. Today's musical guest, Zalp, I think is going to save us from um, Eternal Damnation after episode 7. It is Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull is the musical guest I have never been more excited to talk about Pitbull in my entire life. This is a musical guest that I recognize, which is kind of exciting. This is, I think, two for eight at this point. Not only is Pitbull a musical guest that you recognize, he's also the best guest Oh, today. yes. Uh, he is very eccentric, he's lively, he's got a lot to say about the matches, uh, and he starts us off with And this. at this point in time, I would like to introduce our very special guest, Pitbull! There it is. We are ready to go. Uh, man, he is a kid in a candy store. I'm gonna throw it back to him talking about how much he loves wrestling. 
Now, rumor has it you're a big-time wrestling fan. I'm a big wrestling fan. Let's go. I'm ready to see somebody do something crazy. I want to see him jump, like, off the top. Though. That's what I want to see. If we could, I would just play all of his commentary just in a row, and that would be the second half of this episode. That would be literally the best, literally better than whatever we could do. So... Let's uh let's get right into our first match of the night. We find out uh, shortly after episode seven went off the air, uh, those Pochos Guapos are walking through the parking lot, and the cartel attack them. They do. Cartel beat them down. Aguilera gets the fish. So, because I know you need the summary, Gabe. Uh, to summarize so far, Grimes has gotten the smallest fish. It is a black fish. Aguilera now has a medium fish. It's kind of grayish. And Cannon still topping the fish charts with that big red snapper. Um, you, you can hear uh, Zach on his new podcast, I Love Dr. Seuss, um, <laughs> where he talks specifically about the episode for uh, One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish, for four hours. My, my new so. show on MTV, Zach Fish. <laughs> so, it's Alcatraz and Luke Hawks are already in the ring. Uh, they're supposed to have a mask, but Los Pochos are mad. They're real mayoed. Uh, they storm the ring. They demand a match. And because this is a godless town, they get it. Yeah. Um, so it's Delicado and Lil Cholo versus Los Pochos Guapos. Chris Kloss is as white as white gets. Butchers, one of the cartel members' names. Pitbull, correct me. And here they come, Brett. The cartel's here. Lil Cholo, Delicado, El Jefe Mongo. El Jefe Mongo. Learn your Spanish, Chris. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a loaf of wonder white bread over here. But come on. Pitbull is a treasure. He is such a breath of fresh air after this trash can commentary team. Like, he just shits on them. Yeah. I'm just glad that Chris Kloss was able to uh, make up for his mistake and admit how white he is. You're a big lump of something, Chris Kloss. You're a big <laughs> lump of something. Uh, the match begins. Yep, not before we are notified that we were robbed of Hawks and Alcatraz versus that 70s team, which, ten years later, I am still angry about. That would have been a much better are match. With... Which, were you watching this live? Is that what you were trying to um, get at here? No, but I am mad having missed that match that I would have missed ten years ago. Sure. Have you ever watched Looper? Yes, I have. All right, never mind. Um, yeah, match begins. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a Looper joke. Aguilera wheelbarrow carries Chaos, who does like... The You know the pose that uh, Hulk Hogan does? He, like, goes up to the ring and flexes one arm and, like, extends the other. Yeah, he's uh, he's establishing his dominance. Yes, he's, he's the, the alpha, alpha male. He gets all the mamacitas. No no mamacitas for you. All the mamacitas for chaos. chaos. Yeah, and then drops him into a splash. Brett reminds us that Wrestling Society X will be crowning tag team champions in due time, which makes me sad. Because I would have loved it. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know this, listeners, but there's only one episode left of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, Spoiler alert. I don't think that's, I don't think that's coming. Which is too bad, because they're all really good tag teams. Like, I would love to see that tournament. Los Pochos do maintain control. Uh, Mongo breaks up a cover from outside of the ring. The audience is making X signs with their arms. Um, <laughs> you wrote to make a joke about the refs doing that here. The best I can come up with is that the audience does, in fact, have a problem right now, son, given the X. Shout out to Charlie Winsmore. Um, so what I was trying to get at here is that normally, um, if you're a referee, you're an integral part of the wrestling match. You are ensuring that the match is paced properly. You're helping, in some cases, call to kick out. You're ensuring that the match heightens and builds to a proper conclusion. Uh, and if something is to go wrong, then the ref has the opportunity to throb their arms in an X. That means stop the match, something has gone wrong, somebody's really hurt. You see it very rarely. The audience making X signs with their arms is probably more indicative of the product than it is of the audience's interaction. Um, at least I would like to think so. That's kind of how I'm rationalizing it. Some crowds will chant NXT. Uh, some, I guess this is like the thing of like, if they're wrestling WSX, so they're like the X, like, oh, I'm loyal to the X. Yeah, I guess that know, makes like, more sense. Um, but it doesn't work. Oops. Yeah, so thanks, audience. Uh, Aguilera spits on Delicado. Uh, we do get a cover from Lil Cholo. Pitbull encouraging them to kick out. Going for the pin. Uh, uh, get off. Oh, close near fall right there. And the cartel is... What a mark. What a mark. 
uh, we get some more gang violence on the outside. Aguilera is sweaty as shit. Yeah, he's... What is he's, he doing? He's he's damp as fuck, he's a, dude. a moist, moist man. I guess there's another spit spot. Like, some kind of saliva spot. Like, somebody's, like, licking their hand or something like that. Because we get this from commentary. You mentioned repugnant. What about Aguilera spitting at Delicata? After all those mamacitas he's been with, who knows what's in that saliva? Double team on No. Ugh. Don't do that. 2007 TV. Another cover from Cholo. That's uh, a kick out at two. The wrestlers are starting to complain about slow counts at this point, which is nice. It's still not a slow count, but it's a move in the right direction. We see a what is called a cartel cutter. So, for those of you keeping track at home, we've gone through three different names on the RKO at this point. A.K.A. <laughs> the cartel cutter, A.K.A. the ace crusher, A.K.A. the cutter. And that's really interesting to me, because I think that's so indicative of just how rushed this entire product feels. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. It just, it's just like you can't even come up with decent... Like, at least with WWE or ROH, you have these interesting names for moves. You know, like the Natural Selection, the Gotch Neutralizer. Not a good example. Um, <laughs> well, so I think I'd come at it from a different direction. It's okay to have... You know, if, if they called every cutter a cutter, that would be okay. You know, like, even ECW had some weird names. Uh, Joey Styles would always call a powerbomb a Liger bomb. But they don't have any continuity here for commentary. It's a cartel cutter, or it's an ace crusher, or it's a cutter, or... Yeah. You know, it's a it's a senton, or it's a tope con hilo, or it's a tumbleweed, or... There's just no... It gives the impression that they don't know what they're talking about, which, uh, spoiler alert, is true. But that's something you want to hide. And you're taped. You can hide that. But they don't. Hey, commentary. Get your shit together. Yeah. Learn from that. Learn from that pit bull guy up there. Learn from Mister Three Hundred Five, Mister Worldwide. Mister Three Hundred Five Live. <laughs> um, the word of the match is repugnant. Oh, that's repugnant. You mentioned repugnant. Well, maybe the count was repugnant. We use the word repugnant in a wrestling match. Which is both a word that commentary keeps using and a word that commentary keeps describing. Chaos catches Cholo mid springboard. Jumps up onto the second rope and hits a Russian leg sweep from the mid-rope. Very cool. It's like after the second or third time that they use the word repugnant that um, Brett Ernst chastises Chris Kloss for attempting to use a word with more than six letters in it right here. Well, maybe the count was repugnant, Chris. Maybe that sounds like you. We use the word repugnant in a wrestling match. Just because you don't know how to spell the word, go get a dictionary. Chaos makes the... And um, I mentioned this briefly earlier. Ernst seems to be becoming very quickly like the heel color commentator, like the, you know, the Bobby Heenan to Vince McMahon, mm-hmm. which I like. It's, it's a lot better than just kind of the two of them yelling at each other about what's happening. Like, they actually have a dynamic that they're starting to pull out, and it's unfortunate that this is, you know, the third to last episode, because I think it would yeah. have worked given more time. Yeah, it's, it's taken this long, and it's with this much inconsistency that we finally get something from these two dudes. Yeah, and Brett Ernst is a surprisingly decent heel color guy. So, what what could have been, alas. Um, Aguilar is tagged in. We get a springboard lariat. He's whipped into the corner and jumps up to the top rope and hits a rebound back elbow. Really cool stuff from a big guy. Not Vic Grimes' level of, like, super Haas sentons, but impressive stuff for a guy that's got to be, like, 6'8", something like that. Yeah, he's... He's a tall dude. He's he's a. I mean, they're a great tag team. Yes. I they've really grown on me. Um, and them having the best storyline, I think, helps as well. Unfortunately, I was a little too quick to uh, compliment Aguilera. He goes for a sidewalk slam. I think he meant to spin it out into an elbow drop, but like, didn't spin. Maybe he lost a step. So he just kind of drops the guy and does an awkward splash onto him. Maybe he's embarrassed. He immediately tags Chaos in, who looks like he is dying. He's, I know. <laughs> Not a great move. Cartel make their move, toss Aguilera out. Chaos gets hit with a reverse Hurricane Rana, dropped on his head. Finished with a Dumble Underhook Pile Driver. Um, actually, like, a dangerous move. They, they do it well, which is good, because that is horrifying. It's the Pelican Bay Driver, they call it. One, two, three, your winners, the Cartel. And at this point, uh, Chaos who is very close to death, um, gets probably something worse than death. He gets the fish. So, for those of you keeping track at home, the Smallest Fish Award is currently held by Vic Grimes. It was a small black fish. Uh, Uh, Chaos now has the second smallest fish, which is also gray in color. Um, Aguilera 
has another gray fish which matches, but it's a little larger. Uh, Aaron or Eric Cannon. Sorry, I may have to do all this over again. Um, Eric Cannon still has the largest fish. It's red. Uh, that's the story so far. Back to you. All right, uh, promo. Um, a very disgruntled Alcatraz and Luke Hawks are moping around backstage. They were supposed to have a match instead of Los Guapos and the cartel, and they didn't. So they come across Vicious Vic Grimes, and they take it out by him in classic 2006 MTV fashion by calling him fat. Eric Cannon, the anarchist, intervenes um, because if you see him do that to his friends, what do you see what he does to the competition here at WSX? <laughs> Mystery woman shows up again. She's in her mask. The word bitch is used like 12 times. Um, edgy. Uh, so edgy. Uh, mystery woman hits Luke and a brawl ensues. Bitch, 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 bitch. What's fucking great about this? And this is a note that you made. I forgot to yeah. put it in my notes. Um, the gif of the... It's just like... You, you know Star Trek? There's, there's a gif from Star Trek where like... It's everybody on the bridge while the ship is being shot and they're all getting tossed around. Um, there's a gif of that where the camera has been stabilized, so it's just them kind of like slowly meandering and spinning from one end of the cabin to the other. That is what this brawl is. I fucking... Uh, this was this was super not intentional, but right at the end, they obviously cut it off short. There was probably more to it, but they break the light in the room. Yeah, and it sounds like somebody, the, it sounds like somebody just like stepped on a light bulb and went crunch. And the light went out. And the light is like completely dark, save for the 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 light from the room outside, right. from the doorway. Jesus Christ! <laughs> they can't even they can't even do one fucking promo. It's unbelievable. I can't. I'm 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 running out of words uh, to just talk about how frustrated this show makes me. We get a promo with Jack Evans. Lacey is backstage, our backstage correspondent interviewing Jack, who says, uh, Konnichiwa, and hits on her. That's a, that's a great start from the Prince of Parkland, uh, our scrappy babyface. Yep. So much like the five-year-old he presents himself as by wearing clothes that are too big for him, he says, look what I can do, and does a <laughs> handstand to try and impress Lacey. Check out this, who is... check out this new move I just came up with. <laughs> it's out... a handstand. <laughs> Um, everybody's interrupted by Human Tornado. I guess they end the interview early because they decide they want to have a dance-off. Did they ask Lacey to judge? Yeah, Jack Evans said, Lacey, you're going to be the judge. Um, I don't know if she had a license filed with the state commission. Uh, they do take athletic contests fairly seriously, so I'll, I'll have to see if that made it to WS Extra. You have to be in at least two step-up movies, I think. Uh, that's part of the the licensing process. Yeah. And here we go. As promised, the WSX title match is next with Vampiro versus Banderas. This is the blow-off match we've been waiting a whole four episodes for. There's like an early 2000s WWE level of <laughs> yes. video footage uh, from the Rumble and the first title match we have here. Six Buck has already grabbed the contract. Oh, oh no. no, 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 no. Six butt with Vampiro's neck hurt. He's got the contract. Oh, Vampiro, Vampiro has the contract. What's he doing? He's gonna power drive him into the coffin. Vampiro is the first ever WSX champion. What the hell is? Who the hell is that? What? You didn't recognize me. You rigged my casket with explosive. This is the result. Look at my face. Huh? Look at my face. Huh? Look at my face. I'm gonna be your worst nightmare. This is it. The WSX Championship right it's, here. It's even... It's even earlier than 2000s. It's like when you'd have, like, Jake the Snake Roberts versus Duke Drozzi, and there'd be, like, Todd Pettengill uh, doing a voiceover, like, will will Duke Drozzi trust Jake the Snake Roberts, or will Duke Drozzi take out the trash? <laughs> 
it's like, and they have like text overlaying. It's like fire unleashed from hell. <laughs> WSX title. Vampiro. Bottom text here. <laughs> as much as we shit on it, this is something I actually do like. Like, given that everything else is so batshit insane in this show, it's it's almost nice to have um, kind of a touchstone to go back to. A reminder that in wrestling, the title is important. I don't know if there's ever been a good wrestling show that doesn't have an importance on their title. I, I defy you to name one. And that's kind of what the the crux... I mean, if you don't have a brass ring, there's nothing really to fight for. Right. You know, it's it, it's as scrappy as underground as this show is. It's still a wrestling show, and it still has this this ladder you have to climb to get, to, for lack of a better term, um, <laughs> to be the very best. I mean, the title is important here, and that's that's clearly emphasized. Yeah. Um, Fabian introducing the match gets another fire shot yeah we were robbed um, of it in the beginning because we had kind of like a cold open uh no no pun intended we do not get a good pun though so we are only seven for eight the streak is over introducing first your challenger from puerto rico he comes out he's very spooky mysterious lead, red liquid glowy eyes uh actually kind of exciting um it's like this is the first time we have like super dramatic entrances rather than just like people descending from whatever scaffolding they can find. Yeah. Um, well, you say, you say that it's a very dramatic entrance, but he looks like Ministry of Darkness Undertaker, but vinyl. <laughs> um, Fabian Kalen introducing Vampiro, your champion from the depths of hell with this. champion who's opponent is from the darkest depths of hell. He is your wrestling Society X champion, Vampiro! Vampiro maintaining a sense of continuity, wearing his Black Label Society vest from episode one. Yeah. Shout out to Zach Wilde. There is one lone fan, <laughs> one poor son of a bitch, chanting Vampiro, <laughs> Vampiro. Because this show needs explosions, there are two coffins outside of the ring. One has barbed wire, one explodes. We are told very casually that they're there, too. I think it's Chris that just says, Hey, by the way, uh, two coffins have been rolled up to the ring. One of them definitely explodes. We're not sure what'll happen next. I'm pretty sure. Pitbull has just been containing his excitement. He unleashes some kind of stream of consciousness here, which is great to listen to. I think you should check it out. In this match is officially underway. The title is on the line. We should name it Karma. Since you know he burnt That's it. Banderas, Banderas burnt Vampiro. You know, it, it all works out. This is a title match that's named Karma. I like that. I think it probably sounds like we're making fun of Pitbull, but he is like by far the best uh, special guest host that we've had. I can't. I, I God, thank fucking God. Somebody can out charisma these two chuckleheads. Yeah, and I don't know if he's, like, actually into it or if he's just kind of subtly shitting on all of it, but it's it's great either way. The bell rings and our title match is underway. First thing that happens, Banderas charges a Vampiro. Uh, Vampiro counters into a belly-to-belly suplex right into the turnbuckle, which is a big move by modern WWE standards, right? Like the suplex into the corner. We get a slow start, and then Banderas hits his first big move, which is a jumping flatliner. Quick questions, Alp. I know that this is a very important title match and that we have a lot to cover here, but uh, what the fuck does Pitbull <laughs> say I, right I, here? I did stop and listen, and I don't know what he said, and we... I... Audience, help us out. What does Pitbull say in this clip? Uh-oh. Oh. And down goes Vampiro. If you know Guys, what Pitbull just said, please email us at wrestleboysocialx at gmail.com. Vampiro goes out of the ring. Uh, Banderas tries a slingshot axe handle to the outside. Uh, Vampiro moves the guardrail so that Banderas lands on it, which is clever. I, I don't know if I've ever seen that. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that's um, definitely uh, a more innovative use of the outside of the ring than other matches have used so far. Yeah, Vampiro outside hits a what I wrote down as a roundhouse jumping high kick. Um, Trouble in Paradise, I think, right? Kofi yeah. Kingston. I, I made a note of this because this is, like, the first actual, one of the only, like, wrestling things that the audience has done so far. Um, there were chops, and then a couple of audience members uh, wooed. I repeat, 
There are woos. I saw the note and I didn't catch it. I guess. Um, did the audience actually do it, or was it in post? Or could you Zach, not tell? Zach, don't don't ruin this for me. Well, the reason I ask don't is because ruin this for me, man. The 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 image I have is that somebody yelled at production and told them to start learning about wrestling after the first episode. So like they're starting to incorporate more and more stuff because they're watching wrestling at this point. I just. I just wish you would let me have just one fucking nice thing about this show. <laughs> Everything's nice about Wrestling Society X. Pitbull continues to run circles around the commentary team, makes a Mike Tyson reference. Yeah. Getting on the level of deep cuts that we would normally expect from commentary. Or that 70s team. Which yeah. is uh, very good. It's, yeah, it's nice. It's it's a little bit of flavor to what I believe was called a giant mound of white bread. <laughs> um Vampiro hits a big choke slam, but it's a kick out at two. We do get a commercial break. Would you like to tell us how Dragon Gate are doing, Gabe? Um, yeah, so we get that update. They're returning in the WS Extra match against Doing It For Her. Sadly, not in the canon of this podcast, but... Nope. I'm sure a good match. Um, we're back. Boy, it's a slobber knocker. Both men are back out of the ring. Yep. We have more woos added in post. Maybe, I don't um, know. Banteris... Is taken up to the stage area. Zach, there is a table with fluorescent fucking lights. Oh, God. So, okay. What my thought was is that surely MTV, which will not allow a fireball spot, will not allow the use of real light tubes. And they have three and a half million dollars. They probably could afford to get some sugar glass tubes. Nope. No sugar glass tubes. Aerial fluorescent lights. Vampiro takes the bump. He's covered he's got a cape of blood all over his back it's horrifying there was ah. no reason for that you're on tv you have a budget you don't have to resort to like no no fireball spot but sure send that motherfucker through a table full of real lights yeah that's fine hi this is vampiro welcome to jackass Shithead. Uh, Pitbull, <laughs> Pitbull reacts accordingly wait a minute there's a table with fluorescent light bulbs on it Bidaris, go for a powerbomb! At least Fucking somebody's paying people. attention here. Yeah! Um, Bandaris hits the Urunage Slam, uh, rock bottom-ish, through the stage to Vampiro, which is a really cool spot, and it could have been a big spot, but they did nothing to help the spot in post. They didn't add any cheers, there was no emphasis from commentary, it was just another spot, which is too bad. Zach, Zach, you're missing an important piece. There was no... There was no explosions. Who oh, there were no fuck? explosions. That too. They actually. only care if there are explosions. Yeah. Uh, which oh, hold hold on to your butts, people. Um, we have please don't die chance piped in. Um, Vampiro looks disgusting. Yeah. Brett Ernst. Um, I'm just gonna let him talk. The floor is yours, Brett. What do you have to say? Now the fight goes back in the ring. Vampiro clawing back in there. The referee should try and stop this, Can't, should no, he? No, absolutely oh, not. Man. The title is on the line. Come on, Brent, this is Wrestling Society X. You think the match is going to stop? I'm just concerned. Even though they may be evil, I'm not, Chris. That's another interesting development piece with Brett, I guess. If it's taken you this long to be concerned about <laughs> the state of your talent in this match, I don't know what the fuck you're watching. Youth suicide um, has died three times. <laughs> You have watched a triple murder involving two people. Vampiro, God, they, they tease the spot, they tease the spot, they tease the spot, and finally, Vampiro gets chokeslammed through the coffin, kaboom, Pitbull goes... Oh, no, what the... What we get the, the pin from Banderas in the coffin, shades of Vampiro pinning Six-Pac in the exploding coffin. One, two, three, your winner and new WSX champion... Ricky Banderas. We do get a replay of that explosion, which shows us a top view, demonstrating that the explosion absolutely did not make it into the coffin. Oops. <laughs> Despite that, this was a good match. I mean... I think given, like, the WSX holy shit that they're going for, it, it falls a little flat. And I think they were limited in what they were given by the company, but... Like, it's obvious that these two have worked together before, and they know how to put on a good match with each other. Um, it may have been butchered a little bit in editing, but it's it's a good match. What I think is most interesting about this match, Zach, uh, if you'll remember, TV taping 
takes a very short amount of time. Yeah. Uh, they're taping multiple episodes in a day, and if you're only taping 10 episodes, you're taping over the span of maybe a week or two. Um, so Vampiro, within the, within the, the kayfabe for WSX, was champion for four days. They may have stretched it out over the span of... It's eight episodes. Six, six weeks? Yeah, something like that. But as of the taping, Vampiro was only champion for four days. Banderas, oh, spoilers, there's not another title match. Uh, Banderas retains the belts till the end of season one. They begin to film stuff for season two. The show gets canceled. Um, and by the time that that's happened, it's been almost a year since the taping of this episode. His reign lasts 244 days. There you go. The greatest modern WSX champion. Which rivals even that of most WWE championship reigns. Yes. You know, um, we've reached the end of the episode. Uh, Banderas is your new champion and more spooky shit. Um, I think we should end this on a high note. Zach. Don't do this to me. Let's grade that performance. No, don't make me find that sound clip again. Yeah, no, we're doing it. We're doing it. Uh, I'll give you a softball. Oh. The today's subject <laughs> is Pitbull. Pitbull. Give you a softball. Make it easy for you. Uh, his entire commentary. Uh, let's start with uh, uh, some compliments. I mean, um, I, have a, I have a lot of compliments for him. This isn't a sandwich so much as a loaf of bread. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just going to like, we're going to like spread. Um, so like bread Ernst and Chris Kloss are like a thin layer of mayo. That's a good way to describe them. Yes. So I don't want to call him like a, a just a slice of bread. I want to say he's like a nice pastry, like something with some texture to it. Something that you really get a, a, a whole mountain of flavors worth out of one bite. And then like you have like a garnish of turd on the side. That's Chris Kloss <laughs> and Brett Ernst. Because uh, it's fancy, you know, it's fancy. We keep it fancy here. Yeah. God, every just, I just wanted this episode to never end, dude. I know. The thing is, like, the, the sandwich gag is saying, like, yeah, there's nothing redeemable, but we got to find two things. Pitbull was very good. He, he obviously has charisma, and he's capable of talking on a microphone. He probably doesn't know that much about wrestling, but he covers it up. And he makes it sound like he's actually invested in what's happening. And that goes so, so far in this product. And, you know, just like, just having a, just like a, um, a stronger sense of somebody genuinely marking out as opposed to being like a manufactured thing that MTV wants you to be. Like, it's so, it's just, all of it is just so refreshing. For sure. Zach, we got to wrap this up. Gabriel, what would, I'm going to turn this back on you because you sprung this on me again. Yeah, all right. What would you grade Pitbull's performance. I would give Pitbull five dollars out of five. Five dollars? <laughs> Cause you know like he's always like Dollar Do you not listen to Pitbull? No I don't. Dude, come on. I recognize him, which is which is pretty good for me. Alright, alright, I'll try this again. Um I give Pitbull's performance a nice solid ah! <laughs> Alright. All right, we're done. Fuck it. That's it. It's the end of episode four of WrestleBoy Social Explosion. We fucking did it. We are at the end of episode eight. We are at the end of episode four of the WrestleBoy Social Explosion. God, I am at the there. end of my whiskey, so that is going to be the end of the show. I need I need a drink. I, I, we're almost there. We just got to do one more of these fucking things, and we're done. <laughs> God, it's it's been a trip, dude. I think I got the joke at the beginning of the episode just now where you were acting very depressed, and this episode is going to be episode four, Depression. It took me an hour and 14 to figure that out. Well, in the true sense of having to explain everything to the audience, uh, I am the man the brevity forgot, Gabriel Clark. He's been Simply Zalp. That is the end of episode four. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll, we're going to do this together. We're almost done. Uh, we have an episode that wasn't even aired on TV, and that's exciting. So, you know, I think we're going to get there, and I accept that. I did get that one. On behalf of everybody here, have a good night. Good night. Hey, it's your friends Alp once again in the recording bay. It's time to thank the people who made this show possible. Uh...
Your opening theme was Organism, originally by the Ernies and arranged by yours truly, Zach Blaze. You heard two sounds today, Siren.Wave by I Fart in Your General Direction, and Schoolbell.Wave by Panska, Stransk, and Michaela, both on freesound.org. You heard three songs, Just Nasty, Retro Future Nasty, and Retro Future Clean by Kevin McLeod at Incomatech.com. All of these were licensed under the Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. You can learn more about that at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by by slash 3.0. You can find us on social media at facebook.com slash wrestleboysocialx. You can also email us at wrestleboysocialx at gmail.com. Uh, you can't find us on LinkedIn, so please stop asking. Uh, but please do leave a review on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher. Uh, feel free to leave us a comment on Facebook. Feel free to tell your friends. Uh, all of that means a huge amount to us. That's about all we've got for this week. Uh, I'll leave you with a little bit of a gift I put together for you, from me to you. See you next time. Yeah.